Welcome to the Unlearning Labels podcast. Our mission is to support you to create inclusive and safe spaces for teams to feel valued and do their best work. In each episode, we explore the topics of diversity and inclusion, cultural change, and inclusive leadership development. For more information, visit our website at www.unlearninglabels.com. There you can read our blog articles, listen to previous episodes, and contact us to work with us directly. Now, enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Unlearning Labels podcast. Hi, Peter. Hi, Mira. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, hey. I'm really excited about our topic today. You know, I really, um, I enjoyed reading the article you posted the other day, Peter, on LinkedIn about uh, Kellogg and what they're offering as a new benefit to their female employees, you know, and and even in the article, you know, it's, it talks about um, creating allies. So today we're going to explore what it looks like to um, create allyship in the workplace. And, you know, this is from a place of upholding the policies, especially when they're new and especially when it's about changing the company culture. So since you posted the article, tell us more about that. What, what, prompted you to post that like when you when you read it what came up for you can't even remember what i posted on no, <laughs> no it was it was really a call to action i mean it's stuff that all three of us are passionate about right it's just that i i actually i don't want to denigrate any one company whether it's kellogg's or whoever shares this kind of thing with the media but you, i'm just saying to all these uh, leadership teams and people who make these decisions just to be careful about you know, whether it looks like cheerleading from a certain standing point, because I don't work for that company and, you know, I'm not finger pointing just to be clear. But what I was trying to share is that it's great that companies are becoming more aware of what their employees' needs are and listening to their employees. That's only a good thing. And I know that, you know, it shouldn't have took COVID and some of the things we've gone through in the last 23 months or whatever. But, you know, that aside, I'm glad that it's actually happening, right? But what we're seeing quite often is that, in our work at least, there's a, um, a misalignment between what a company's saying, look at us, we're great, look at all of the, I wouldn't say benefits, but they're saying, you know, now we're paying paid time off for these things. But I got really curious. So the question for me was, what were you doing before? You know, God forbid if someone had, you know, one of these things that they listed, what were they doing before saying, sorry, you can't have time off? And then if you're a single parent, were you put under you know, that massive pressure to go, oh, I've got to decide between being with my family and grieving or actually being in work and not being at my best and still having the pressure of coming in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's, it's one, one, one thing is putting the policy, which is, which is great because then there are some guidelines over there, but if, if, it's if leadership, if leaders, if managers in the company are not developed enough to be able to implement it uh, themselves and and actually uh, 
use it for their people, then it's uh, it could be a double-edged sword because then you say, oh, I've got a policy and therefore I have I don't need to do anything else. So in addition to having a policy which is useful, obviously, uh, develop leaders to be able to... Uh, to do what you actually want them to do, no? Mm. I mean, someone mentioned it. I mean, it, it was good that it raised awareness. There was like 20, 27,000 plus views on it, which is great. It's not for my ego, by the way. I really want us to, you know, why are we doing this podcast and why do we do these lives? We're re- literally trying to spread awareness and hopefully people will just reflect on it and see if they can actually make some positive change. And I guess that's a good segue into allyship, right? That, when I saw what, what was written, and again, I'm not blaming the company, but it looked like it was putting it back on the employees. It's, it is everyone's responsibility to be an ally to each other. But correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, in my roles as leaders in the past, I didn't really have to explain that to my team. They had each other's backs. It was usually other managers that were misaligned with HR policy, and that was causing a lack of trust and you know, and causing me problems because when my some of my peers weren't in the office or they weren't here, people were coming to me really uncomfortably and saying, "Please, can you help me?" And I was quite shocked and surprised that they weren't getting the the support, you know, that they deserved. And also, it's it was in the policies in all of the companies I worked for that you know, after you make a decision about this, yes, it can be paid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sadly, for whatever reason some people were just not getting the same amount of care and attention. And sadly, some people were told, no, sorry, you can't have that time off. Uh, even though I was giving it to anyone that where I seen where I saw fit. And if I'm honest, I actually used to get into trouble sometimes with HR and even my bosses because they were like, why did you sign that off? And I'm like, well, first and foremost, that person's grieving or they're having a horrible time. So my priority was to make sure they felt safe and, you know, I was listening to them and crucially they could be with the family. You know, yeah. second, your, your second, priority yeah. wasn't to ask a, a, that certificate from them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't read the article, we did post the article with uh, the announcement of us going live. I just want to read the quote that we're all referring to. Um, in the article, it says, we want to create a culture where people feel psychologically safe. So we'll encourage colleagues to be allies to others impacted by these issues. And so um, it's almost like they're putting the onus on the populace, right? Instead of on the managers. And so I want to dive a little bit more into your comment, Mira, about leadership development. So what would it take for companies to change the culture from the top down what kind of leadership development are we talking about? Well, probably very different from what it used to be. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you, you know, when uh, it's one thing that comes to mind. Uh, uh, it's, you know, when we talk about flat hierarchies in the companies, we talk about, you know, people think it's uh, everybody's in a, on the same level, but... Uh, everybody have different responsibilities and we need to be aware of it. And there is a person that is managing the team and there is a person that it's in the team. But what it means flat, it means that we are all the same. We are all same people. We all have, we all have human 
emotions, human behavior, human understanding, human realities. So when um, this is something where I see new leadership development in that people need to understand that because they're leaders, they're there, have a certain role to support their people, not to uh, beat them up and pinpoint what they haven't done. And so it's it's more about development and uh, and being there for them, being um, being a person of support and person that is going to help you develop and grow in that company and not just somebody who's going to bring rules in, which often leadership or actually management was in the past. But I think Peter can say a little bit more about that, I think. Um, yeah, I, I see the skills that they should be in high demand. At least they are in our business, right? Mm-hmm. These are the things that our clients are coming to. But sadly, quite often companies are box ticking. So I was trying to explain it. And it's it's difficult, right? Because you can only be as clear as you can. It's your best guess. And then you. So I, I ended up explaining, especially in this post, sometimes in the comments, that it's like greenwashing when it comes to climate change. It's a corporation or a company saying one thing but then the actions of their leaders are misaligned with what's been said outside of that. Mm. And this is what denigrates trust in companies. This is why employees are leaving because of the great resignation. And and you hit the nail on the head, Cordelia, when you said, you know, it looks to me like it's been pushed back on the whole employee population. And in in many ways, it is correct. I would love everyone to be a self-leader. You know, that's my dream for the future. You know, leadership development should be for everyone. But what we're saying here is that it sounds like the leaders and the people managers are washing their hands and saying, well, it's down to you as an employee. But I, I would actually push back on that. So I'll give you a rock solid example. If if I'm in a team and the person above me is the person that can make decisions and says no, then even though I'm an, an, an ally to the people in my team, I don't have autonomy or any decision making power to sign off my colleagues paid leave. So therefore, I can have the back and say there, there, and you know, I'm really sorry that you're going through such a challenging situation. But it really is down to the leaders and the leadership team, and crucially, HR, to make sure that that alignment is to the policy. And quite often, what we see when we work with leaders and leadership teams, there's no due diligence, there's no checking up on this. And again, it's not about blaming managers and getting them into trouble and issuing written warnings and stuff like that, far from it. But it's just saying, you know, how much love, care and attention and going back to the soft skills, what I see missing is listening. Mm -hmm. So listening to understand uh, how you communicate to your team when there's challenging situations. Quite often my colleagues used to be super uncomfortable or fearful and therefore not really want to get into that. And, And if someone talks about, you know, something really challenging with the family they were just so uncomfortable they didn't have the right skills or knowledge to be able to you know navigate those kind of conversations and the other one is just knowing that if you're paid to be a leader right you are responsible for making those decisions regardless of what hr and anyone else is saying if your duty of care is to look after your team keep them safe and for them to feel included and like they can actually come to you in a safe environment and ask for help then like or not, if you you are paid to be the boss, it's on you, you know. And and that's what I'm not hearing in a lot of these cheerleading, well done us as a company. I don't hear them saying in parallel, we're going to make sure it's aligned. So in real life, when these situations happen, we're now training our mm-hmm. leaders 24-7. 
you know, in experiential learning and making sure that they can make these tough decisions, but also be able to have these conversations and show a bit of compassion, you know? Yeah. I just want to welcome those of you watching from Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. Uh, thank you very much, Golam, for uh, joining us. And um, he has shared that he believes this is a good discussion. And um, if during the course of our conversation, you have any questions, please put them in the comments or if you have uh, experienced something um, that we're talking about. So in this case, we're talking about there was a major policy change for um, a corporation. So if you work for a company who's, you know, a lot of companies are changing policies right now, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're working for a company and you don't have to say the name of the company that is changing policy and you know, maybe you're a manager, or you're in the leadership team, or you're in HR, and you want to, you know, give some ideas uh, to help people uh, who are in your same position, or if there's some things that you're struggling with, and you have questions for us, please put it in the comments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to summarize where we are right now, uh, our, our discussion is based off of an article that Peter recently posted on LinkedIn, uh, from the BBC about um, a policy change affecting women. The female employees um, are now able to get paid time off. Just listen to this paid time off for miscarriages or, you know, uh, issues with menopause. I mean, it's like our question is what were they doing before and why wasn't it worthy of paid time off before? And so one thing, I'm going to throw into the mix, you know, the BBC is, is for, you know, based in UK in the United States, we have something called uh, family. What is it called? The medical family leave act. And <clears throat> it is, you don't get paid time off. You can get 12 weeks off and have your job guaranteed. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even, I think it goes up to 12 months with your job guaranteed, but you couldn't get paid for that. Right. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? So, um, I'm really curious for anybody who works for an American company that, you know, again, it's like a basic human right. And I always thought that was so strange. It's like, okay, I can get time off, but I can't get paid. However, I'm guaranteed that I get a job, even if I'm gone for a year, but how am I going to live, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, part of the discussion that we've had under this article is it is a basic human right to be able to grieve, right? And and even mm -hmm. though it's not an older person, you know, it it could be from miscarriage. And and this is a personal situation for me because I, I actually had a couple of miscarriages when I was working in corporate, and I wasn't, um, you know, I I did take PTO, right, which is different from like having actual medical paid time off. So I was taking from my vacation time to take care of something that was medical and on another level could even be considered bereavement. So mm -hmm. is that a policy that companies need to look at too? Would mm -hmm. having a miscarriage constitute bereavement? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You know, what just crossed my mind with, as I heard you talking, it looks to me that these were in the past privilege privileges of people to actually grieve to actually take time off because they could 
maybe be not paid because maybe a spouse was working and they had a good salary or they could have a good, you know, some savings to, to help them out or take a loan or something. But that's not the case for big majority of population, isn't it? So, so you're, uh, mm -hmm. you're saying like it's an assumption when it's a female employee that they, they have someone taking care of them. Is that what you're saying? Probably. 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 Yeah, it's an interesting take on it because, yeah, you know, quite often people do innocently and knowingly make assumptions about their colleagues, you know, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to be okay because they've got this going on in the family or this and that. But uh, we just never know, right? So what we want people to reflect on is, you know, to people really have the back and say, look, you know, whatever's going on for you, I'm here. You know, you don't need to explain it, but don't worry. Go and deal with it right now and check in with us and we'll sort this out. You know, that's what I want to employees to start saying to their employees. And the only way that's going to happen is if the leaders who are looking after these teams get development and it's ongoing. Yeah, yes. I, I, I mean, soft, uh -huh. soft skills are a thing, but, you know, I mean, this is a good point. One of our viewers on LinkedIn Omeima, salam alaikum. She's saying, I saw the article about the women and I feel that like there's still discrimination for women, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to having children, et cetera. I don't understand the rules and the regulations for women regarding pregnancy, miscarriage and death. And she goes on to say, I think we as people need to talk to our politicians and change these rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So should it, sh is it something that shouldn't be within the corporation? It should be enforced from uh, government? What do you think about that? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's a tricky one, right? Because you want to give autonomy to private the private sector, et cetera, et cetera, and you don't want to clog them down. But, uh, I mean, this is different, but I posted something uh, today about Portugal really stopping remote workers from working after the fact. So they're banning companies from sending emails and contacting them by sending messages after their official hours end, which I think is a really good step. So I think there are times when it becomes government policy, and I think it's good for society. And, and as you said, Cordelia, it's it's quite shocking for me because I have lots of you know we have lots of American friends, right? And when they tell me how how little working rights they've always had, even though things have evolved, and like we said, there are some positive changes. And just to point back to this article, sadly, this was only talking about their UK operation, so it wasn't talking about global. And again, I might be wrong, so. Anyone who's read the article or knows a bit more detail or, you know, if anyone works for Kellogg's, may, maybe they can share that. But from what I could see from that BBC article, it was pointing to the UK operation as far as I could see. Mm. So sadly, because governments don't agree on certain things at the best of times, look at climate change. What I would love to see, because we are truly global, is seeing truly global standards for employees and this could be a massive you know call to action about aligning these things but yeah they're so out of whack even even in europe between german labor law and the uk labor law and other you know european countries it's totally different although what i've seen in general is that european labor law is a lot stronger and it seems to be a lot more flexible for employers or at least that's been our experience mm. yeah i see more uh more comments there yeah elizabeth mm. also on linkedin she's saying u.s-based national 
uh, Women's Law Center in January 2021 tallied a net loss of 5.4 million jobs among women wow. since February 2020, or more than half of all jobs lost since the pandemic began. And she goes on to say one in four women are considering leaving the work workforce or downshifting their mm. careers versus one in five men. While all women um, have been impacted, three major groups have experienced some of the largest changes, working mothers, mother and senior management positions, and black women. And that's a report from McKinsey, the mm. pandemic gender um, analysis. So, um, oh, I missed a comment. Okay. Right. I think women are like enough mm -hmm. is enough. And the pandemic showed how little companies care, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of statistics behind this. And even like in September, I did a couple of talks myself uh, specifically to the plight of black women, you know, um, one in four black women live below the poverty line and they are usually the breadwinners of their households. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be, and, and I think the other statistic was like 20, almost 28% of them are in service-based industries, you know, mm -hmm. like, or, or healthcare industries where they're nurses. So they're actually literally putting their lives on the line because like for a whole year, there was no vaccine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now, interestingly enough, again, you know, I know some, um, some black female nurses in New York in particular, you know, and that was like a hotbed for there are a lot of cases of COVID there and now they're losing their jobs because they won't get the vaccine. And they're just like, I'm still alive. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a good chance that they're good with the virus. <laughs> right. I just go back to, back to what you said, Cordelia. Yeah. It's interesting that one thing I've seen that is a global challenge is that if you're in a role that's service related where you're on frontline and you know, regardless of whether it's putting your life at risk. If you're in a service role, let's be honest, you do have less, less flexibility and wiggle room down to the shifts, the odd hours and the challenges that come from being in those roles, right? And the sad thing is it's usually those people are exposed on lower wages and they get much more less, you know, much less flexibility than executives who maybe just do a nine to five job. And this is what I would like to see that, that misalignment that, you know, I really see it is everyone, everyone's rights. If you're employed by a company, the company's duty of care should be to allow you time off if something happens that's completely out of your control. And I know that our HR colleagues, we've had this discussion for years now about policy, you know, needs to be in alignment. So, you know, if a line manager has somewhere to go, okay, well, if I'm being fair, it says that it's written, so therefore I can do it. But sadly, I still don't see people taking the action, even if it's written in the HR policy. Yes. Yeah, so, so what I'm, has to yeah, happen? Yeah. Uh, what do we need to do? How do we need to develop managers and leaders so that they would actually uh, take that power that they have and used it in a, in, in a good way? Because, and, and I think lots of it is because, first of all, we have this skewed idea that leadership is, you, I need, I'm in charge of everything, I'm in control of everything, I need to know everything, I can't make a mistake, um, you know, if something goes, like, and, and then they're scared for their jobs, I think that's also one of the reasons managers 
uh, are, you know, if, if they have kids, if they have families, if they are breadwinners, they're humans like everybody else. If they don't have support of their managers and leaders, how are they going to then support mm. their own? Unless they are, you know, like Peter used to be, he, he just didn't care. So, you know, it looks like everyone has to be a renegade like Peter, basically. Well, no, here's the what's, there to be a, what's there to be afraid of? No, but I mean... It, it wasn't that I did anything out of the ordinary. I just, it just didn't make sense. So here's, here's the thing, right? If your if your people see you as a leader, it's not for me to say, oh, I'm a leader. I was given the role of a people manager, right? If people give you feedback that they feel safe, and actually it's not even a sad thing. If people are coming to you and I'm curious because I was always, you know, why has why it gone quiet? If people are willing to come to you with challenges, with problems, when things go wrong, then I would hazard a guess just to any managers, you know, listening, watching this, you'd probably be doing a good job. And that's what we want to see more of. It's great that HR are changing policy and procedure, and they should be owning that part of the jigsaw. But what I don't see is that managers are supported to make challenging and tough decisions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's ad hoc. For me, any decision that happens outside of work is case by case. And I will trust first and then worry about the implications. And in the rare occasion, and honestly, in my career, it was super rare. If someone does take liberties and doesn't, you know, they're not so truth or bending the truth and it's not really a proper calamity, then you do what all good managers do. You give that person feedback, you know, you do it in a controlled way and you course correct that behavior by having an open discussion in a safe way with that employee. But I can honestly say that employers seem to be really fearful about allowing people pay time off and it's not that it's going to open the floodgates in every company I work for are the companies that we support that just do these things and say right we'll offer that full flexibility they actually save more money because I can honestly tell you that if you're not allowed to do something employees find a way They're, you know that the people you know the people are running the company weren't listening to them you know, the biggest problem with companies is they ignore their employees or they marginalize them, like you said, Cordelia, because, you know, they don't realize that maybe you're a single parent and you have no other option but to deal with whatever calamities happen. But you're not given any love, care and attention. And then you end up having to make a tough decision and coming in and doing a double shift or whatever it is, you know. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, so the top leadership team needs to, be, be you know they need to be de developed leaders and then they need to support they need to support so everybody needs to support people that they are in in care of that they are leading and if that happens it's great you like you cannot expect you cannot expect from a person that is doing the work to do their best work if they don't have support from their manager and their manager have support from their manager. So it needs to be. So, you know, when there is a leadership development in the company, I think every company would have to do that for all their stuff. Um, but okay, let's th start with leaders is that they know what to do, how to deal with people, how to, how to feel them to be safe, to be able to make best decisions. So you know, the allyship, it sounds like, starts from the top down, right? Because if you are supporting, like if the the executive leadership team is supporting the middle, middle mm -hmm. management leadership team, right, then there's already a safety net, 
right? Like, yeah. you know that they have your back. And of course, you know, the soft skills will automatically come into play because it's um, leading by example, mm-hmm. actually, exactly. right? Yeah. And so there, there's been quite a discussion going on here between yeah, um, Mema and Elizabeth. So let, let's catch up with what's happening. So, uh, okay. Elizabeth is saying to support that uh, the point that Cordelia is making. On the one hand, women are highly concentrated in sectors that are expected to suffer high rates of unemployment in 2020, including hospitality, food services, and retail. As of September 2020, only 53% of the U.S. adult Black population was employed, compared with 57% of the corresponding white population, two and Two and 39% of jobs held by Black workers were vulnerable as a result of COVID crisis compared to 34%. And actually, it doesn't show the whole thing, the the whole comment. So like if Mm -hmm. you're watching from LinkedIn, you can go and read her full comment. Um, And so Omema has shared uh, an article from the AmericanProgress.org about COVID-19. Unfortunately, a lot of women had to stop working due to childcare. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we are very clear on that. And, and the other side of that is actually a lot of women were able to start businesses, but that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, um, can I just say, yeah, don't yeah, get me started on childcare. You know, Mira and I don't have children. We have lots of nieces and nephews, by the way, for people watching this there. But in my career, I was always in the middle of a crisis about childcare. And again, just to be clear, if I'm at enough autonomy, you make those decisions, you know, you have those discussions. And crucially for people listening right now, it shouldn't be the employee that's in the middle. So many times I've seen people already stressed and burnt out, already having problems that was no fault of the company with childcare issues and, you know, worried about whether they can get their kids the care they needed while they're doing a full-time job, only for them to come into work and ask for one day off. And there'll be a whole back and forth and then be left hanging for a week it's insane so i I, you know i I get those uh statistics and thank you for sharing but i really you know why are we having this conversation we just want companies now to just be flexible and that's all it is right you know if everyone's been an ally in the company and as you say cordelia if if it starts to trickle top down and the senior management team are constantly sharing and being transparent and saying look i'm a father too You know, I want to make sure that every parent in the company gets what they deserve. And then, you know, it comes from the bottom up because people suddenly start to feel safe and included. And then they see their line managing in alignment with what the company policy is like and what the values of the company are. And and people are then more flexible as well. If they if they know that they have, you know, if I have a problem, I'll have help, then I'm willing to do something else for the company or for my manager or for my team that I otherwise wouldn't because I would be pissed off and angry and resent <laughs> and, and, and I would resent it. So it's, uh, you know, it's, th- there is a way to do things much easier, much easier. We just need to be open to seeing it. And, and, you know, we, we need to get out of this old way of doing things because, because we'll have to eventually. It's just, the, you know, who's going to do it sooner? And if you want to stop the misalignment, all I did, and this was simple, it doesn't cost money, just get curious about the teams. Yeah, what, what she said about silos, it was really it was like, true. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, what Sagir said about 
we all get into situations where we're blinkered and we sit in our silos and all of that. But if you start to be curious about the team next to you, are they getting the love, care and attention the same as your team and be an ally and have the back of your peers? And then that starts to ripple outwards. That's what we're saying. But to really do that, you need to have that awareness in the first place and you need to have the skills and experience to be able to drive that forward. Yeah. And and that's why we, we so, really, yeah. sorry, no, I, I mean, I was just going to, to add to that. By the way, welcome, Zakia. And um, welcome. <laughs> so I guess what it sounds like is you're saying, like, even within, like, the middle management level leadership, they need to uh, work and be allies for each other. Is that no. what you're suggesting, Peter? Okay. Yeah, and, and involve HR because quite often HR get blamed for everything. Let's be honest, in organizations. So I know yeah, they're, they're in the, the scapegoat. And, and, and they're automatically <laughs> yeah. in a defense position. You yeah, know, so they... quite often they, they feel like they're not welcome. But in the companies they work for, where it, where, it, where it did work is when everyone from all of these representative departments, these stakeholders, were constantly being seen. They were visible and accessible to all the employees. And they were doing such things as town halls. But again, just to be clear, not to tick a box, they were generally coming to the floor and saying, look, we, we changed the policy, but we're just curious. Is it working for you? And again, it's not to point fingers or, you know, blame or anything else, because let's be honest, no policy or procedure will ever be perfect. It's about being able to get that moving through the whole population by talking about it, by having transparency and just being open and honest. For me as a leader, I would say, look, this is never going to be perfect, team. They've changed it and I'll support it. But if it's not working for you, put your hand up. Please let me know, give me feedback and I'll take it up the chain. And if HR and people above me did that, it was a win-win, you know? So we have a question. Um, do you feel like it has to do with culture of a country or companies? regarding rules and regulations for pregnancy, miscarriage, death, and childcare? Uh, it's interesting. There's two, I see two things happening. Uh, sometimes, it, yes, the culture, the, the country, but now it's not so much anymore because it's also globalized and we are also connected. So I think countries take ideas from different countries as well so it's kind of it kind of goes from one to another uh, in the past probably it was more segregated more as this in this country does that but typically i think europe was more uh, they had much more open uh, policies I, I remember i mean back home i think it's now 11 or 12 months for uh, a childcare, but it's only for a woman. It's still not for a father. For you know, father, they cannot wow. split half, half. It's but only Germany, Finland that does that, isn't it? Germany does it as well. Germany, um, the Nordic oh, countries have okay. been very good and leading the way, in fact. Uh, and I, I'm sure the more so sorry if we didn't include yeah. something. And if, if you're from that country, please share your experience of it. The other thing as well is, I mean, Mira and I lived in the Middle East for years, you know, Mira decades as well. And yeah, there are some cultural things thrown in the mix. So there are challenges with cultural norms in certain countries. But even in the UAE, for example, where Mira and I worked for a long time, we've seen a really positive shift of like, and companies are becoming a lot more self-aware about mental health and about benefits and what constitutes making sure employees get exactly what they need. Yeah, the UAE was taking a lot of uh, 
policies from American uh, system, corporate system. So they would have very similar rules and regulations mm. for women after delivery. You pretty much go to work straight away. But they but they were giving them, uh, you know, you, you could have our longer break or more breaks or, or, or leave earlier, have shorter working hours for a while, while you were breastfeeding. So you could go home and breastfeed, which didn't really make sense to me if you live fast, far away. But um, yeah. yeah, but they're yeah, taking, they're borrowing. Depends of how old is corporate culture in that country, you know. The... I like what Elizabeth is saying there. That I, I totally agree. I think all companies need to be more flexible mm -hmm. and also the leaders. And we all... Every individual human, if you want to be an ally, we all have to bear some responsibility. But I can I don't have the figures there. And we are Mir and I do a lot of research and Cordelia will share that with you as well. That I'd hazard a guess that if you're actually doing the right thing, it will cost you a lot less. So for example, like I said before, my experience was that if I had a no and people weren't getting the care and attention or time off or flexibility, they would, as you pointed to before, Cordelia, people just leave because they don't have any choice or they find a way around it and they start to bend the truth or they don't, they start to, stop to actually communicate with you, sadly, because they don't feel safe enough to even share some of the challenges that yeah. they're going through. And that's what we're pointing to, that if, if you don't create the right conditions for people to have that flexibility, it will cost you your top line in the future, 100%. And, in and high sickness, burnout, stress, mental health problems, you name it. And there's a massive cost implication for that. And there's a lot of data coming out right now. Yeah, and, and sadly, it is transactional. But but that's how, uh, you know, we operate in, uh, in the culture, uh, working culture as it is, as it is right now. So, I mean, even us to... to to sell our products, <laughs> we need to talk about the, the money at the end of the day. Um, but it doesn't have to be all bad. Uh, I, I just think it's that uh, it is at the moment like this. Hopefully we will change it uh, and it's going to get changed. Uh, I hope sooner than later. But yeah, that is as it is right now. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, th this um, we're we're getting a lot of feedback about uh, the fact that we did bring in mental health. Akia was saying, mm -hmm. "Welcome, Al Said, and thank you, Mema, for that." So, um, actually, Peter, Mir, and I started this podcast January of this year. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a collaborative effort, um, and we, like Peter was saying, you know, throughout, this is really to bring awareness of these issues that people are experiencing every day globally. You know, the, the beauty of our collaboration is I'm in the U.S. and they're in Europe. And so, you know, with Peter being from the U.K. originally and Mira from, um, well, well, what is your country called now, right? Well, we'll <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like weird, right? But they, they live in Germany, but they, like they have referenced, they lived many years in the UAE. I, I'm making a joke because, you know, she's from Serbia. So, but, you know, so many things have been changing, you know, in the past decades. So the great yeah. thing about our collaboration is we have a global, truly global perspective and, you know, constantly doing research between the clients, the corporate clients they work with and the individual leaders that I work with. And so the podcast is really to 
showcase the issues and, you know, get more awareness around that. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you for participating for those of you who have joined us, Elizabeth, Umema, Zakia, um, Elsie, and, um, and, and for the statistics that you added to the conversation, Sarah, that, that's nice. Now that we know that, we will we'll research less. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> we, we just host the podcast and then, and then uh, ask uh, yeah. for statistics. <laughs> but you know what, 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 uh, what crossed my mind <laughs> when you were talking now, Cordelia? Um, how much mental health and stress levels in the companies add to lack of allyship and lack of any awareness. When we are stressed out, we can't think. You know, we are self-centered and we are focused on ourselves only in because we are, in, we are in survival mode. So if somebody else is dying next to me, I won't notice it. You know, because yeah. I will be I will be in survival mode protecting my own life. And that's what stress is. You know, it's I'm not even exaggerating. This is how it is. And, you know, just think anybody who is listening this, think of the time when you were really stressed in your life or at work. I mean, what could you think of? Who have you noticed? With whom did you talk? You could only talk about yeah. what was bothering you and you could only think about that. So it's really important that we, you know, when we do leadership development, one of the first things we do is actually work on personal resilience, stress reduction, understanding how they function and all of that, leaders. And then the second thing comes the interaction with other people because how you feel and who who you are in that moment really affects everything else that you do. Yeah, and if the it's leadership doesn't feel safe, no one is going to feel safe, right? Because that trickles down with not trusted in their employees. And as we pointed to at the start of the conversation, it's like, oh, wow, look at us. We're, we're allowing paid off time. And it's like, wow, you didn't trust your employees before that? <laughs> right. But yeah. you know what I find interesting is like, Every single one, no matter what topic we cover, we always come back to this. Yeah. Self-care, yeah. right? Yeah. Self-care, self-nurturing. If you trust yourself, if you're taking good care of yourself, then you, you know, you're going to behave that way with your staff and your team. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just the way it is. We already and, and have a question. Oh, go ahead. Uh -huh. I'm not, I'll wait until you talk. No, I, I just say, you know, and then when you understand how that works, then you will be more forgiving and more understanding of people around you who don't see it. And you will then be able to help them. Otherwise, you won't. Yeah. So what topics do you plan to tackle in 2022? Shall we reveal or are we going to hold that back? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think we are holding anything back, but but you know what would be interesting of what people think it's it, it would be interesting and important. As yeah, well. that's great. So, so here, Zakia, why don't you um, share what topics you would like us to tackle? You know, we mm -hmm. really want to support our viewers and listeners. You know, so the podcast is also on iTunes and Spotify and Anchor, and so if you're only listening and you're not viewing on our YouTube channel, um, you can still let us know what topics you would 
you would like us to tackle for 2022? There, there's so many things, you know, <clears throat> remote working environments, you know, now mm. we were talking briefly about what's happening in Portugal and there's also hybrid working environments, you know, so those are, there are some nuances in those new kind of environments and how can you even show up as an ally in that, you know, situation and what does that look like? Um, but, you know, definitely there, you know, um, if you're watching on LinkedIn or Facebook or you can hear in the comments what topics you would like us to cover. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, yeah, thank you for that question. Also, I, you know, just what well, I just want to mention this before we close out. We, um, we also do blog articles um, on our website, which is unlearninglabels.com. And um, if you've benefited from this discussion, uh, do share this with someone else. Uh, sharing is loving. And that's what we need more of in the world. <laughs> more about cultural diversity tips for effective hybrid and remote environment inclusive recruiting practices. Yeah, those are really great well, topics. Thank yeah. you for that. I mean, as we as we mentioned, Portugal have made a big move and changed um, some working rights rules around remote working. So maybe that's a good segue into something we will discuss in more detail. I know we've talked about hybrid and remote working in a few different episodes, but we can go much deeper around, for example, if, if the leader goes home early and shows that, you know, <laughs> this is the way forward, you know, you can't burn the midnight oil every day, then it allows people you know, we need to spend crucial time with the family or maybe they're just tired to actually go home. And, you know, it's stuff like this. So to see a whole country put that into written labor law, you know, that warms my heart. And I hope to see other countries follow suit. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be perfect. So uh, any closing remarks, Mira? No, 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 no. I, I think I'm, uh, I've, I've said everything I had to say so far. Yeah, but so yeah, I I'm, just I'm, really, say... I'm really happy to see how many comments and people are listening. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and in closing, you know, to uh, create a culture of allyship within your leadership team, soft skills are very important. Leadership development is super important. And um, taking responsibility by mm. starting out with listening is where we begin. So I forgot she she grew up in Germany. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for, for viewing and listening. And like I said, sharing is loving. And we'll see you next Wednesday with another topic. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unlearning Labels podcast. If you would like help addressing any of the topics we explored during the show, such as diversity and inclusion, cultural change, or inclusive leadership development, contact us at www.unlearninglabels.com. Thank you, and sharing is loving, so share this with another heart and with another mind.